You're listening to episode number 100 of the Journey to Manifesting podcast. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to the show. It's so great to be here with you right now in this moment. I just can't believe that this is episode number 100. When I first started the show back in 2017, I had no idea that it would be downloaded over 1.7 million times. So I am so excited for the future of this show because there's just so much to share with you. I've got so many amazing guests lined up for 2020. But today I want to give you a little snapshot into what a day of self-care looks like for me. So I want to share with you some of the ways in which I am more than aware <laughs> that I need to step up my awareness, ways that I need to tune into how I'm feeling and then just take a break. I read this incredible Instagram quote the other day that said that if you don't take time for resting, then the universe will take time for you or make that decision for you. And it's it's really true because especially with my job, it entails a lot of high intensity focus. I have this incredible team of support uh, within the framework of Soul Space Media. And that has been an interesting learning curve for me to learn how to let go of the tight reins of control so that I can have more space to be creative. So this year, and I know at the time that I'm recording this, we're only like a week and a little bit into the brand new year. It's still challenging because we've got launches going on. I'm writing a book proposal. Uh, I'm recording new content. I'm writing articles and blog posts and creating podcasts. And sometimes I get so excited when I create all of these things. And then I have a moment of burnout. Perhaps you can relate to this. It's like I get so excited about everything that's going on and I'll have this really uh, intense creation period. So for example, I recorded, I think it was over 25 meditations in about three days. And I love that because when I record meditations for you guys, whether it's for my upcoming Abundance by Design program, or whether it's for my students in the Manifesting Academy, or whether it's a free meditation that you may have found on this podcast, I love doing it because it's like meditation for me. It's a time where I can connect and I can serve and I can fuel up at the same time. So that was awesome. And then I went into another couple of days of production, of planning, of, um, you know, family stuff going on behind the scenes. And it's pretty crazy at times with four children. And I noticed that I was feeling overwhelmed. <laughs> and this is a common theme that I experience because I don't typically remember to slow down and to recalibrate. You know, there is no, uh, how do I put this? <laughs> There's no time where I just completely unplug or I'm not at the end of a, a phone call or a text message or a Voxer or a direct message from any member of my family or my team. And sometimes I just need to unplug. And remember why I'm doing all of this and also to remember who I am. And so more often than not, when I don't remember this, it results in tears. 
where I am sobbing, where I'm complaining about everything that's wrong, even though it isn't, and wishing that things could change and wishing that things could be different. And my husband, Sean, he just, he's very patient with the process because he knows it's an emptying out. We know that when I create large amounts of content (laughs) and it's a very high intensity work time that more often than not, I'm headed for a crash if I don't do the right things. And sometimes I remember to maybe go to the spa or go for a walk or go for a hike in the mountains, but sometimes that's not enough. I need time just by myself. And typically I'm not an extrovert or an introvert. I'm kind of in between the two. So as much as I love being around people and and being very social, I also love to recharge on my own. And I really enjoy my own company where I can go out driving or I can go shopping and there's just nobody that needs me. Uh, I'm sure there's so many of you out there that can relate to this. I've been a parent now for the last, gosh, it'll be 21 years this year. I became a stepmother when I was 19 and then my son Thomas was born when I was 21. And so I've been looking after other people for as long as I can remember and That comes with uh, putting myself last in the pecking order. And I need to get better at, you know, putting the oxygen mask on my face first before the kids as the plane's going down. And I say that jokingly. Um, I'm more than aware that there are things that I need to do. So to get back to the story, today's episode is documenting one of the most magical days that I've had in a while where I did something called Follow the White Rabbit. Now, for those of you that may have watched the movie The Matrix, which is over 20 years old now, there's or or Alice in Wonderland, follow the white rabbit. It's symbolic because it's like you're not sure where you're going, what you're going to do. You don't have any plans and you're just going based on intuition, on feeling, on, you know, those little gut reactions to whatever you're going to do. So I didn't have any plans and I just headed out in the car for the day. This was yesterday to have a day of recalibration. I didn't know what I was looking for. I just knew that within the silence, I would find the answers that I needed in order to balance out for a while. And I know that this feeling, this hit of dopamine of happy chemicals will last for probably around two weeks until I have another cycle of overwhelm, which happens. And sometimes it correlates with my hormones, (laughs) which I'm sure many of you can relate to, or I just need to relax, where I just need to be present, more present than I usually am and tune into how I can really start to take care of myself because those days where I eat like six cookies or, you know, I'm not paying particular attention to eating, eating the rainbow. And I don't mean Skittles. I'm talking about vibrant, fresh foods that also contributes to the overwhelm when I'm not taking care of myself physically, where I'm not exercising, where I'm not drinking enough water or getting enough sleep. So it's a beautiful opportunity to slow down and remember the basics. And my friend, her name is Brie. She's also known as the Betty Rocker. She is one of my dear friends. She talks about the four pillars of health. And I love this so much because if we're paying attention to you know, one pillar over the other, over the others, then you can't create sustainable wellness. And the four pillars are exercise, nutrition, sleep, and well-being mindset. 
I hope I got those right. <laughs> Apologies, Brie, if I didn't. Brie is such a dear friend. And um, if you don't know her or you're looking for somebody that can really help you to claim your goals of manifesting health and wellness, then go to thebettyrocker.com and look her up on Instagram. She is so inspiring. Okay, and before I dive into the story of my day of magical self-care, I have an important message to share with you. Here we go. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Okay, so at the time that I'm recording this, I haven't yet decided what I'm going to title this podcast. I was thinking along the lines of the day I went to see a plastic surgeon, a psychic, and a tattoo artist, but I'm not sure whether that's going to be the right thing or not. So I'll... um. I'll make sure that I title this the appropriate title before I move forward. Okay, so I want to rewind. So it was around 8.15 yesterday morning that I put Olivia in the car. She is my 13, nearly 14-year-old daughter. And I drove her to her bus stop. And then I noticed that the gas was almost empty on the Camaro. <laughs> so I drove to the petrol station. That is what I call it back in Australia, but I'm in America now. The gas station. And <laughs> I went to go and fill up the tank. And I've never done that before in our new car. Um, and the reason for that isn't, uh, <laughs> it isn't because I'm not capable of doing it. It's because Sean usually takes that car out most of the time and therefore he usually fills up the tank if it's empty. So I had to figure out which side the damn petrol tank was on. And I didn't know this until recently, but on the dashboard, as you can see your little fuel gauges, it has a picture of the petrol pump and an arrow pointing towards the sign uh, to towards the side that the tank's on. Did you know this before? Oh my gosh, it changed everything for me. So I, I pulled into the gas station feeling very well equipped. And I don't know. <laughs> this is so weird. Um, I did this for the first time and I, I popped the little... Uh, what do you call it, little door thing on the petrol side and there was no petrol cap and I thought, oh, this is weird because it's a new car, it doesn't need a petrol cap uh, and so I filled up the tank, my card didn't work, I tried another card, that didn't work, it said to go inside and see the cashier and then that didn't work because it didn't clock the transaction and then the third card finally worked don't know why. It was a matter of perfect timing today. And as I mentioned, I was following that white rabbit. So when I had these hurdles, these um, intuitive nudges, I just rolled with it. I knew that it would be a day of surrender. So filled up my car, hopped in, uh, hopped in the car, went to Whole Foods in Summerlin in Las Vegas, where I live. My voice cracked. That was weird. Uh, and had some breakfast sat in my car, ate some breakfast, responded to some emails, and then thought out my next steps. I knew that I had an appointment at 10 a.m. at my plastic surgeon. <laughs> oh my God, this is where it just gets a little bit crazy. Bear with me. 
So for those of you that have not kept up to date with my tummy tuck surgery, that happened about six months ago. And at first or leading up to the surgery, I decided to be very public about it, to show before pictures and then one after picture. And I completely underestimated the time that it would take to recover from such an intense surgery. It cannot be underestimated the massive change and toll that this level of a procedure has on your body. So I decided, made the decision that it's not really a one size fits all kind of situation with um, the tummy tuck stuff. It's really, it's definitely it's a it's a personal journey and so i decided to not go into huge details about my journey because ultimately it's a person's own choice it's an empowered choice as to whether you modify your body i hold no judgments uh, i had made perfect peace with my stomach my stomach the way it was versus now how it is and there's a whole bunch of mindset work that needs to go around either side of whether you have the operation or you don't. This is a story for another day. Anyway, at 10 a.m. I had to go and see my doctor and to have my six-month checkup. It was really interesting because I thought in my mind I'd worked up that maybe I need a revision. Maybe it's not as perfect as I think it should be. And my doctor looked at my stomach and he said that it is a better result than he thought it would be. So, I mean, you know, it, <laughs> getting the the official sign-off from the doctor felt pretty good because in my mind I'd worked up that, oh my God, there's something really wrong. Going back in the time machine just a little bit, it was about one to one month to six weeks after I had my tummy tuck that my incision opened up. <laughs> this was not fun. Uh, I had, um, actually, if there's little ears around to hear you right now, you might want to either put me on headphones or pause this and pick up the episode at a later date. But I had massive holes in my incision. One of the holes was probably about as deep as an iPod case. Not an, uh, no, what do you call it? AirPod, not iPod. <laughs> as airpods so you know those little cases those little square cases it was that big and that deep and I was freaking out because my body was not healing in the way that I wanted it to and I thought oh my gosh I've ruined the entire process and so I had to and again this is a show for another day but I had to learn how to get comfortable with uncertainty yet again to then um grow the flesh back, grow the skin. And so I thought in my mind's eye, okay, if I've grown four humans in the past, surely a little bit of skin won't be too bad. But slowly but surely, the three holes started to close up and I was back on track. Um, when I <laughs> when I spoke on stage at an event with uh, Tony Robbins and Pitbull back in August, I was wearing a women's sanitary pad over my belly incision because it was just not good. And when I went through the security scanners on the way through the airport in New Jersey, they actually stopped me because the scanner machine could detect that I had this uh, empty cavity in my abdomen, which is like a little treasure vault for smuggling drugs across the border. Not that I would and not that I did. <laughs> so I can imagine why I was flagged down. Uh, this was 
tremendously frightening for uh, my mindset, for my self-esteem. And so going to the plastic surgeon yesterday and hearing just those simple words like, oh, it's better than I thought it would be and it's perfect, doesn't need a revision, the scar's healing really nicely, I have a perfect belly button, um, even though my daughter says it looks like a cat's butthole, <laughs> it's still my old belly button that was just refurbished. Um, it's taken some time to get used to this new body and I feel really grateful to have had the opportunity and the experience of a tummy tuck and not having that question mark over my head of, oh, would I ever regret it if I didn't try it on and just leap in and feel the fear and do it anyway of not having the tummy tuck. So I'm very grateful for that process. And then, of course, I knew that, okay, so this is the end of the road with the plastic surgeon. What are they going to try and upsell me to? You know, like, is it going to be more liposuction or Botox? or something else and sure enough the doctor mentioned Botox and I'm like hmm no thanks <laughs> or I was I at least presented that I was open to the possibility even though I thought to myself no I've been there before I had Botox on my wedding day when I was 33 and I felt frustrated that I couldn't move my forehead muscles now I want to say something First and foremost, if you have Botox or if you know somebody that you love dearly that has Botox, I am not judging you. I am just saying that it is not for me at this point in time because I don't like the idea of um, botulism being injected into my face. <laughs> but that's fine. You do you. I'm not here to judge. I'm here to support decisions no matter what they are. And for me at this point in time, I am done with uh, going to that plastic surgery, even though he was incredible. I won't name the name of the doctor, but I will leave him an incredible review because at the time that my incision came apart, he was there on call, on the phone to give me guidance, to give me emotional support as well, because it wasn't his fault. This guy has to work with some of the most difficult people on the planet that expect perfection in their results. And yet he remains strong and steady and he's an absolute artist. I couldn't imagine the <laughs> I couldn't imagine what inspires somebody to become a plastic surgeon, but I'm glad he's here and I'm glad that our paths crossed. So there was that. So I got in the car after the appointment. Bear with me here. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, where to next? Where to next? I don't really want to go home yet. I'm not ready. Okay, universe, let's let's go for a little drive. So I drove up the road from the plastic surgeon. I thought, okay, I'm going to either get a tattoo today or I'm going to see a psychic. And for those of you that have never been to Las Vegas before, I personally believe it is a magical place. There are so many more things than just the strip, just the glitz and the glamour of the casinos. I live about 25 or so minutes out of the city in a place called Summerlin. And Summerlin is beautiful. Uh, I shouldn't probably be saying too much about it because I don't want too many people to move here because then the traffic will get worse. <laughs> it's purely selfish reasons. But I live very close to Red Rock Canyon. We can go hiking. It's so beautiful. It's really, uh, it's really a hidden gem. And so in it's and it's so convenient. That's the other thing about Las Vegas. It's so convenient. So you can, you know, in where I was at my plastic surgeon, 
everywhere along that street, every couple of streets is a different type of strip mall. And at the front of the strip mall, um, for my Australian friends out there, like shopping center, shopping strip, I'm just translating as I go here. Uh, they have a sign out the front that has all of the different listed services. So it could be a yoga studio or Taekwondo or pizza, or nails, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I found one that had both tattoo parlor and psychic. And I'm like, okay, I'm going in. And <laughs> I just wanted to see a psychic just for fun. I have seen various psychics over the years and for those of you that might be saying, well, hey, Sarah Prout, aren't you a manifesting teacher and don't you teach people that you create your own reality? Absolutely. And I totally agree with that. And I embody that with every fiber of my being. And at the same time, I'm curious about blind spots within my own energy field that I may not be able to see. And this is where psychics can tune in and give me some feedback. Now, I'm more than capable of doing that myself, but then I have this curiosity to see the energetic read that other people have about me that may not know anything about me whatsoever. Uh, an example I'll give you is an aura reading that I had, oh, it was about two years ago now, and this was just after I signed the book deal to write Dear Universe. And the lady said to me, you're going to reach millions upon millions of people. And I'm thinking, yes, my book, Dear Universe, is going to be a, you know, New York Times bestseller. It wasn't. It got close, by the way. I haven't talked about that publicly. And the day that it could have made the Times list because we sold enough copies, I was really sad that it didn't. But again, another one of those stories for another day. I, um, this, so. Back to this psychic that I saw that did the aura reading, she said I'd reach millions and upon millions of people. And sure enough, I mean, the Goldcast video that I recorded and well, I didn't record it. Goldcast recorded it and we released in April 2019 has now had 54 million views. So there was something that that reader was tuning in on that I couldn't even see. And sometimes... I like to have these as reference points. It doesn't mean that I'm hanging on to that person or their perspective or even that it's going to happen because ultimately I know that what I create and contribute to my energetic field emotionally, energetically, vibrationally is what is creating my current reality. So getting back to the story. So I found this strip mall that had the tattoo parlor and the psychic and this was, oh my goodness, <laughs> this was the cheesiest psychic establishment I have ever seen. It looked, I mean, the, the front facade of this retail building that this psychic inhabited looked like, uh, how do I put it? It looked like a cheap advertisement. It had world-renowned psychic, we're op open right now, uh, we take all of these credit cards, Amex, um, Visa, whatever, MasterCard, and it had like all of the credit card symbols on the front door, and it had a list of all of the questions that you could possibly ask, like, will I attract my soulmate, will I, you know, uh, get a new job, and then it had on the door, I kid you not, a list of the prices, so for a half an hour reading, it was going to be $50, and then it had like different types of healing modalities, 
and there were all of these neon lights and it looked very mystical and Tiffany was her name. And I'm really sorry, Tiffany, if you're listening to this by some bizarre twist of fate or if anybody has seen Tiffany and gone to this specific strip mall. Uh, Not my intention, but I rang the doorbell and I felt my heart racing. I'm like, okay, who will answer the door? What does Tiffany look like? Is Tiffany, you know, uh, I had this um, uh, classic fortune teller avatar in my mind of who would open the door and then I would step in there. I mean, the, the windows were blacked out because they were covered in all this this advertising material. And I thought to myself, hey, Sarah, is this even safe? You're, you're stepping into a building where people can't see you from the outside and then probably the door is locked behind you. Like, okay, <laughs> tune into some of your, you know, safety vibes here and make sure that this is going to be okay. So I rang the doorbell once and I looked around, nothing. I couldn't hear anything behind the door and I was really nervous. And then I rang the doorbell a second time. Nothing. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. (laughs) And then I thought, okay, I'll walk down to the tattoo parlor that's a couple of doors down, but it only opened at midday. So I'm like, okay, no luck here. I'm not getting a tattoo or a psychic reading. Uh, maybe I'll go, I'll look on Google Maps and see how far I am from that other psychic reader that I went to at this other place that's probably, uh, I looked it up and it said it was going to be four minutes in the car and I'm like, cool, all right, I'll, um, I'll go there instead. And so I walk in there and I say to the lady, do you have any psychic readings that are available right now? And I mean, the chances of this happening... Uh, pretty slim because they're usually fully booked it's a fantastic place um (laughs) i uh, you know what i will say the name of the place it's a place called enchanted forest in las vegas they have an amazing selection of readers that are really spot on i've only had sessions with uh three of the practitioners there i had an aura reading i had an angel healing. And yesterday I had this psychic healing as well. So if you are in Las Vegas or you're interested, go and check it out and find somebody that fits within what you feel is right for you. And they also have a tremendous collection of crystals and other supportive materials like Oracle cards, and they don't have any books, which is weird. So I'd love for them to have books, (laughs) especially my book. Um, I purchased Celestine, a Celestine geode there. And it's very, very special to me. It's pale blue. But anyway, I digress. So the lady said to me, okay, I, this, I'll, I'll go and ask if she's willing to do the reading for you because she's got a client coming at 12. And I'm like, okay, half an hour, that'll be good. That's just what I need to take me on this path of understanding and self-discovery today on this beautiful sunny winter's day in Las Vegas. And so um, the lady said, okay, here you go. Here's the details. This is the amount of money you pay and she'll be out in a minute. And so this woman comes out and what I will do is I'm, I'm not going to tell you the contents of that session because I signed a, a waiver. I signed an agreement to say that I wouldn't disclose that. But let's just say she was spot on with so many things, so many areas of my energy and the way that I show up that was just perfect. And 
during the reading, I will say one tiny thing. So I hope I'm allowed to say this. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> but she said she kept on seeing or she encouraged me. She saw the heart symbol. She's like, I'm, you know, I'm seeing this heart symbol. She asked me to do a specific practice around this heart symbol. I took out my phone and I showed her a screen cap of a tattoo. And I said, you know what? This is a, a picture on Pinterest of a tiny tattoo of a little heart. And I was either going to get a tattoo or get a psychic reading. So I feel like this is a sign of alignment that I'm supposed to get my tiny heart. And there's a much bigger sacred story around the reason um, why I was considering the tiny heart. But she confirmed that I'm on the right track with some big, big projects that I'm working on that I can't wait to share more details with you guys soon. So I had my reading and I felt incredible. I felt really good. So I'm like, okay, what do I need now? I need water and I need a coffee. So I went through Starbucks and then my dad called me and the psychic had helped me with some, um, how do I put this delicately? The psychic had helped me how I can support my dad better with some family issues that are just going on behind the scenes. And so I was able to put those into instant practice. It's like, okay, so interesting that you're calling me right now, dad, because I was just talking about you in a psychic session and, and I told him all about it. And then we got off the phone and I felt, you know, I always have so many good laughs with my dad. I love my dad so much. We can always see the divine humor and the funny side of some pretty difficult situations. Um, there are some big themes and issues that have moved through my family over the years. And one of the best forms of medicine there have been is laughter and making fun or reminiscing about funny times so a few weeks ago when my dad was here for Christmas I took him to see an Elvis impersonator show which was so good by the way if you're in Vegas go to see the all shook up show at the V theater at Planet Hollywood you won't regret it it is so funny <laughs> I was one of the only people laughing though <laughs> But that's because I was surrounded by other people that were taking it very seriously. But my dad and I were reminiscing about that. And, and then I got off the phone. I'm like, okay, where to next? I need to use the restroom. So I went to Target. And of course, Target is, I don't know about, about you, but for me, when I go to Target, it's like I feel a sense of being in control. I don't know what it is. It's like, yes, I can get the things that I need to make my life more perfect from Target. And so I went to Target and I bought some file folders to put some paperwork in. And I bought a face mask and some hair and nail vegan vitamin gummies and a bra. <laughs> so walked out of there and thought, okay, what's next? Okay, maybe I should go and get this tattoo now. So I looked up a tattoo parlor totally randomly and I thought, okay, this is trusting the universe. So I looked up, I Googled, simple Google, tattoo parlor near me. So I, I used Target as the address and then I looked up the nearest tattoo parlor with the best reviews and it was a place called Blue Buddha. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is going to be good. This is like my day, my perfect, perfect day. So I, <laughs> I got in the car or I was already in the car at this point when I was looking up the directions and I started driving. And then 
the fear started to come up like you don't really want a tattoo Sarah and for those of you that have any reference of some of my past experiences I am terrified of needles and you know I had I tried to get eyelash extensions last year and I'd had them for ages but yet I had a panic attack and had to leave the store there was something that happened after I had my tummy tuck that made me a bit more squeamish around pain, around tests, around that kind of stuff. But I thought, okay, I'm just going to do it because I've got that on my list. It's actually on my New Year's list of goals, dreams, wishes and desires. I've had it on there to get a tattoo for maybe two or three years. So I was like, okay, it's time and I'll dip my toe in the water by getting this tiny tattoo. So I show up. I don't know whether they accept walk-ins or not that was one thing that I wasn't sure about and on the way there I'm like okay universe show me a sign show me a sign that and I know I'd already had a sign so I was just being greedy with the process (laughs) oh my god probably thank you for for sticking with me throughout this episode feels like a long ramble but it's important that I document this so I'm like okay universe show me a sign and I kid you not I look at the car that pulled out in front of me and there was a heart sticker on the back. I'm like, mm, okay, thank you. I will get the tattoo now. And so I pulled up outside Blue Buddha and I took a deep breath and I'm like, okay, I'm going in. <laughs> and again, I was faced with one of those storefronts that were completely blacked out at the front with ads all over the windows thinking, okay, Sarah, you're taking yourself into an unknown environment, into a tattoo shop. I don't think I had... In my 40 years on this planet, I don't think I've ever been into a tattoo store, ever. And so I was intrigued. It was really cool when I first went in there because there were Buddha heads everywhere. So I'm like, this is awesome. And it had amazing art all over the walls and tiny collections of like police badges and, and um, you know, just flamingos <laughs> and, and really cool stuff and ornate mirror and It took me back to the visions that I had when I had a near-death experience back in 2015. I should probably record an episode on this. Um, If you saw my talk uh, that I did for Mind Valley at Bali A-Fest back in 2018, then you would know a little bit about what I experienced. I didn't go into too much detail, but I saw ornate mirrors and artwork and flowers and it was just It was beautiful, but this tattoo studio looked like almost a visual representation of that artistic aesthetic that I'm always drawn to. And so I went in there. There were three guys just sitting there. They didn't, they weren't working on any pieces for anybody. And I said, Hey, I'm looking at getting a tiny tattoo of a heart. (laughs) And he told me that there was an $80 minimum and he like triple checked that I was okay with that. And I'm like, sure, it's fine. It's going to be for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm cool with that. So he introduced me to a tattoo artist named Jake, who was absolutely amazing. And he went into some incredible detail on the whole process and how to take care of it and all that kind of stuff, which took way longer than the actual tattoo took. So 
I don't know, for those of you that have got tattoos, you can remember that time before you had your tattoo (laughs) where it's like, is this going to hurt? And so I was mentally preparing the whole time. He was talking to me um, and with the hearts, he was so good. I said to him, I want a tiny heart. And within, I think it was less than a minute, he had six tiny heart options that he had drawn on the iPad, which were so good. And so we decided on the size of the heart, the style of the heart, and he started preparing for everything. And then it was really cool because it had like in the studio, it had heavy metal music going, which I absolutely love. It reminds me of being a kid and uh, smoking weed. Oh, my God. I really hope that my kids aren't listening to this show right now, but that's okay. (laughs) Do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) Uh, But when I was 14 and then as it came time for me to have the the procedure to get the ink on my skin after the tattoo stencil was placed on there I began to feel my heart racing and I felt like I was gonna throw up or I couldn't breathe and then I'm like okay Sarah just breathe be present with this be present with this because if it's on your body and you're resistant to this what is the message that it is showing the universe I wanted this tiny heart for so for such a long time because it represents love. It represents self-compassion and stillness and, and the principle that I share in the Goldcast video of being the love that you believe you deserve. And I wanted to tattoo my body with this, with intention and with meaning. Now, the really cool thing about my tattoo artist, Jake, is he had... Uh, sacred geometry tattooed on the palm of his hand. Now, he has no idea that I've used and utilized sacred geometry in, you know, many of my products, in um, many of the ways that I teach that I absolutely love sacred geometry and symbolism and all of that kind of stuff. So there were so many other synchronicities as well that I can't get into because it refers back to the session that I had with the psychic. But I could have been at any of the hundreds of tattoo parlors in Las Vegas, but yet I had to show up at this one to connect with this person who I would love to do more of my tattoo work uh, when I decide what I'm going to get, what's next. And um, let's just say it didn't hurt. It actually hurt more after I got it done and it was just a little bit of a sting. It was really nothing. (laughs) And I think, okay, so I've had four children and a tummy tuck and a near-death experience from my um, epidural wearing off when I had a C-section. I can tolerate pain. So if you are somebody that has experienced any level of pain, stubbing your toe is way worse than getting a tattoo. But just make sure that you get something that you really love. And it doesn't have to have meaning. It just has to make you happy. It has to bring you joy because I'm all about that. I love reminding you guys to lean into as much joy as you possibly can. So after I had my tattoo, I was wrapped in this, like in Australia, it's called Glad Wrap. In the States, I think it's called Saram Wrap. And I was given all of my uh, my care instructions and I left and I felt really good with my decision. There wasn't a, there wasn't even a moment of doubt of, hey, did I, didn't I do the right thing? So then I thought, okay, where to next on my adventure? So I went to the plastic surgeon. I went to the psychic. I went to the tattoo artist. I'm going to go to Barnes & Noble on my way home because I want to check whether they've got any copies of Dear Universe. Because for some reason, every time I go into the Summerlin location of Barnes & Noble, they don't have any copies. It's like they can't keep them in there. When I went in there a few weeks ago, there were seven. And then I went in a couple of days later and there were none. So I'm always like the the silent stalker of my own book stock. (laughs) 
that weird? It's probably weird, right? Uh, so I, I walked around there and then I thought, okay, what's next? Um, I'm going to go and get some dinner from Whole Foods. So I went and I got myself a snack and some CBD cream for my hands because they felt a little bit dry. <laughs> oh my God, am I even getting to a point here? Thank you for sticking with me. I may have mentioned that before. Um, and then I made another decision. I wanted to go and sign up for uh, yoga. So I went to sign up for a yoga studio. So um, I'm really excited to begin to make a commitment to getting on the yoga mat more often to cultivate more presence within my body because I felt for a while like there's a disconnect, like I just exercise and move my body just to get it done. And there seems to be like a, a space between enjoyment and exercise and I really want to merge those two together. So I felt, <laughs> I felt really, really happy at the end of my day. So my day started at 8 a.m. and finished at about 6 p.m. And um, it was a really beautiful grounding day where I just did things for myself, for nobody else at all. Never underestimate the power of a good day of self-care. And then <laughs> and then in the evening, uh, my daughter Olivia and I watched The Bachelor with Peter The Bachelor. Um, it's so bad. It's good. <laughs> but I'm just fascinated by shows like that because... It's a great opportunity to remember that there are so many different perspectives that a person can have throughout this lifetime, the limiting beliefs, the many masks of um, seeking. What are we all seeking? And that's another conversation for another day. And I think I've mentioned that maybe five times now. So I've got at least five shows worth of material to bring out to you. But tracking this back to yourself especially if you've listened to this far into the episode, I just want to remind you, take one day a week just for self-care. My husband, Sean, uh, he has a day of self-care. I won't tell you what he does because I don't want you guys showing up and bugging him about it. Um, <laughs> but he does this once a week where he goes off, takes himself off for a whole day of just relaxation and recharging. Uh, and that's his sacred space. And during that day, he still works, but he still feels like it increases his productivity. For me, I'm going to start putting on the calendar at least two or three times a week where I am out of my office, away from the kids, where I am just focusing on myself. And it's not in like hair, nail appointments, you know, those kind of things or dental appointments, going to the dentist, <laughs> even though it is an act of self-care, isn't something that counts as nurturing your soul. So I challenge you to go on your own soul day adventure. Where will life take you? Get in your car one day, intend to spend the whole day just by yourself, not knowing where you're going, not having any plans, maybe maybe having a specific budget and see where the day takes you. Because I can tell you, after being a mother for so long, sometimes it's really hard to be by myself. And it's a very valuable skill to learn to get curious about those ways in which we have to fill up every moment with either care for another human being or connection with another human being. And sometimes that can deflect with the connection that we need to build and cultivate with ourselves. This is key. This is vital. And I talk about this a lot in my upcoming masterclass, which is called the five key secrets to becoming an abundance 
creator. So make sure you go and follow me on Instagram at Sarah Prout or any of my other social media pages or go to my website, sarahprout.com for all of the details, because I would love to have you as part of that masterclass. So that is it from me for today. Thank you so much for being here, for sticking with me as I express and record some of the light bulb moments that I had on my self-care day in Las Vegas. I am sending you so much light and so much love. Thank you so much for being part of this journey to manifesting community. I would love it if you could share this with your friends as well, because this is the way that the message of emotional empowerment and the reminder that you are constantly creating your own reality is enforced and shared. And then it just has a ripple effect, a snowball effect to the rest of people that really need to hear this message. So thank you for being here. And until next time, enjoy your journey to manifesting.